For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vikings, come out and play. Cousins throws, passes, caught for the win. Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are moving on. You are now listening to the Believe in Vikings podcast with B-Mac and Baker. Welcome to Believe in Vikings, and tonight we have a joint and collaborative um, show with the HD show with Bitter Mike. Um, What we're going to do tonight is have a preview, so to speak, of the Vikings and Texans. Um, On this show, we have two analysts. Um, One is... Fred Davis uh, from the HD show with Bitter Mike, and he's going to be representing the Houston Texans. I am Dustin Baker, representing the Minnesota Vikings. And then we have two former Vikings uh, tonight with Henry Thomas, who played for the Vikings in the 1990s. He played nose tackle. And then Bryant McKinney, who played left tackle, and he was with the Vikings for about nine years. So what up, gentlemen? Hey, what up, man? All right, first we want to pay homage to our sponsor, and that is betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Um, in fact, this week the Texans are about four-point, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, so if you believe in the Vikings and or the Texans, slide on over to BetOnline to uh, put your money where your mouth is. Um, from game spreads to totals to teams to players and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always a con- uh, casino that's open. Uh, it never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. And again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. All right, so we have the duty tonight to preview a show of two teams that are 0-3 and... None of the four men that are on the show tonight foresaw that whatsoever. Um, we're not supposed to have a combined record of 0-6 because these two teams are too damn talented for that. Um, the Texans' schedule to date has been murderous. Um, they have played an undefeated slate of opponents in the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, and they are the only team in the NFL to have played all teams that are currently undefeated. Um I admittedly haven't watched all Texans games. I definitely watched the first one like the entire world was. Um, so I want to know first from Henry, if you're all right with it, um, has their showings in those games, has, have they given you hope, or have they just been flat out not very good? Uh, flat out not very good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just – we have a great quarterback um, with not a lot of talent around him, not a lot of pieces – to make him, but for the most part, all the positives have come from him. And what's your take, Fred? Uh, I, 
I don't think anybody's surprised necessarily by the Texans being 0-3. I mean, nobody, I, I mean, nobody expected them to really beat the Chiefs. I mean, Texans fans did uh, just because they're Texans fans. But, um, and it's week one. And I think everybody kind of had this misnomer that, you know, you were 24 points better than the Chiefs, and that's why you had a 24.0 lead. But we all know that there were so many factors that, you know, went into that. Uh, what you're not impressed with is this offense, while I get it, you got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and that's a whole other episode. But the guys that you brought in to replace him, Brandon Cooks, I mean, Randall Cobb's been on a milk carton, all right? He finally had five catches. It was kind of in garbage time. I think he did have a touchdown, though, against, uh, against the Steelers. So you finally saw a little bit of life from him. But this offense is just so slow and methodical. And it's just, it's, it's, it's you know, you're, you're killing uh, DeAndre, or excuse me, Deshaun Watson. And the biggest problem I see, or at least the biggest question mark I have, aside from the fact that um, your play calling has been abysmal, is the offensive line play. Um, Mike Devlin is, has been the one consistent cog for a group that brought all five guys back from last year. Titus Howard has regressed. Um, you, know, you gave all that money to Laramie Tunsil. I mean, if you're going to give that kind of money to your left tackle, you expect him to anchor that line down. And I've just, I mean, the, the problem with Deshaun is he's been under duress, and that's a problem. I think there uh, were two peas in a pod there with the offensive line. Um, I on the first time I ever met Bryant, um, that was what I told him. I said the Vikings offensive line hasn't been good good since about 2009. Um, and so what we as Vikings fans feel if the offensive line isn't crap, therefore or therein it's decent. Uh, so we've grown accustomed to that and. It seems like that has been the story with Watson to date. Um, and on paper, it, it looks like these dudes are pretty good with uh, Sharping and uh, Nick Martin and whatnot. But I guess so far, it's just not not gelling this year. Paper doesn't play. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, back to the receivers real quick in case I forget? Uh, Brandon Cooks. He is not a player that's usually silenced and... When they acquired him, I thought, all right, well, that's a dude that can chip in, you know, 1,100 yards and fill that void. But so far, it doesn't sound like that has been the elixir. Well, the big problem is, like we said earlier, is the offensive line. Um, But when it comes to watching the receivers, no one seems to be separating. Um, There's none of them that you're confident in in getting contested catches. A 50-50 ball, eh, more like 70-30, you know. Oh, man. Not in our favor. Oh, okay. Well, that is one thing the Vikings have done marvelously for about five years because Adam Thielen um, doesn't uh, falter in those situations. Stephon Diggs didn't either. And for about a week's worth of sample size, Justin Jefferson seems like he'll be a dude that can go up and get that. So, well, you guys have talked about your weaknesses for the Texans, so I have to reveal those for the Vikings. Um, After all, they are 0-3, so there is a slew of weaknesses. Um, I was very wrong this summer. I told a lot of Vikings fans that this um, Zimmer-led, Mike Zimmer-led defense would be just fine because he has a documented history of cultivating defenses, and I really didn't think letting Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes and Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph walk was going to be that big of a deal because I trusted Zimmer to coach them up. So I don't know if the lack of preseason really put a dent in that theory or they're just maturing on the fly. But, Bryant, you've watched three Vikings games now. Um, what have you seen from the defense that, I guess, needs to improve or anything that gives you hope? Oh, I feel like the linebacking core needed some improvement. I feel like 
uh, the pass rush, they weren't uh, pressuring the quarterbacks enough. Um, so that area, to me, needed some improvement. And I understand we got, you know, a new defensive end. But um, it just needed to be some more pressure to uh, put the quarterback in, like, a phone booth when he throws. So it would be a better chance to get some, like, interceptions or something. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I can attest. Um, last year, the cornerback play was the only part of the defense that sucked, and it was masked like deodorant because Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin and Afadi Adimbo could get that pressure, and then we arguably have the two best safety, or the duo of the two best safeties in the game with Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. So they haven't been picking up the slack those uh you know up front and in the back like they did last year um so we don't want to spend the whole show talking about weaknesses i know it's tough to find strengths on an You're going three you got a lot of weaknesses <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know I, I i had a feeling when we put this together that this was just going to be a bitch fest for uh you know about 45 minutes but is there anything that uh fred or henry that you've seen in 3 weeks that Besides the fact they turned this thing around in 2018, the exact same situation, or I mean, it doesn't even have to be besides the fact. Maybe that's your glimmer of hope. But on the field-wise this year, uh, what gives you hope? Well, like we said, the the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, always gives you hope because he makes something out of nothing all the time. We had a small glimmer of hope from our, unlike you guys, our running back situation has to, they have to prove themselves. Um, you, you, you come over in the trade. You show glimpses of something special, but not enough to sustain or take some pressure off of your quarterback. But I would argue this, though, too, Henry. Uh, he's only got 35 touches through three games. I mean, if you're only averaging... Well, it's hard to touch the ball when you're behind. And <laughs> give it to the running back when you're behind. I feel like David Johnson, I mean, he's. I don't think he's been bad. I think the problem with him has been is that he's, he's going to be always remembered for the DeAndre Hopkins trade. So unless he was Barry Sanders out there, it wasn't going to matter. Um, I, I don't know. The line, Like Henry said, the line has to block better. I mean, it starts and ends with that um, because those, he's going to need time because those guys don't get out of their breaks very well. At least they're not right now. Uh, and they're still figuring out this offense. And, again, I'm, I'm not – Tim Kelly, uh, while you know maybe you were just excited because it was somebody other than Bill O'Brien calling the plays, has done nothing to <laughs> make you think that he's an, a capable play caller in the national. He's, he's a defensive guy. He should be he, calling defensive he, plays. I mean, that's a, he was a defensive lineman. <laughs> could you I mean, call, okay. Henry? Could you call offensive plays? Yeah, run it left, run it right, throw it for the first down. That's about <laughs> it. That's what I see from him. That's exactly what I see from him. Hey, Bryant, could you call a defense? I can call. Nah. <laughs> I thought you'd at least try to dress yourself up a little bit and I say help. Too, but I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. So, I well, if you want a, a cheat sheet, I can tell you that thus far, the Vikings have not generated pressure outside of a little bit against Tannehill last week. Um, as Bryant alluded to a few minutes ago, they made a shock trade uh, on a Sunday morning at like 5.45 a.m. Uh, for Yannick Ngakwe, who you guys will be familiar with. And we were supposed to have this ferocious bookend tandem of Daniil Hunter and Yannick. But Daniil Hunter's been uh, hurt with a mysterious neck injury that feels like it's being one of those things that's slow rolled to be a long time. And that does not bode well for the Vikings. So if you are looking for a remedy to an offensive line 
that isn't holding up. I can tell you so far the Vikings have not generated pressure, so we'll, we'll figure out what gives this Sunday. Um, so I guess I want to go on record in between, let's start with you, Fred. Are you of the opinion that at 0-3 that this is a lost season for the Texans? No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, absolutely not. But you have to win this Sunday. I mean, you, you, you start 0-4, uh, now you're, you know, it, it gets biblical at that point. Uh, <laughs> playoffs. So, uh, no, you tell you what, ask me next week after this game and I'll tell you whether it's a loss. All, right. All right. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to email you or tweet you or something. What about you, Henry? Do you think that this is a lost cause at 0 three? Not at 0 three. I mean, they've shown glimmers of ter- being able to turn it around in the past, but again, we don't have those pieces and our defense has not been stellar in its own right. I mean, I think we have a total of three sacks, maybe four sacks. Um, uh, J.J. Watt, not the same guy he was. I mean, hampered with many, many injuries throughout his career and and, and of late. And he just not showing, you know, the J.J. that you expect from the past. Okay. And he has no, no backups behind him. I mean – I can I can name what McKinney has a linebacker. Whitney Merciless, who after Merciless. signing the deal, uh through three games has eight tackles, one tackle for loss, and no sacks. And I can tell you as an outsider, so to speak, to Texans, usually that guy's money. Every time I see his ass on the field, I'm like, oh well, there comes about fifteen tackles. Um here's the question I have for you guys as Vikings uh followers. I'm a little surprised that the offense under our boy Kubiak has not uh, lit things up a little faster. Surprised as well. Maybe because your boy Justin Jefferson, they finally decided to let him lose, and maybe we'll see more of that. Go ahead, Bryant. I said I'm surprised as well. Um, I feel like every time we watch the game, it's like the first series, they come out strong. And then after that, it's like, the opposite team makes an adjustment, and then all of a sudden we're, like, non-existent for a while. It got a little better, um, you know, last week against the Titans where we became a little more consistent driving the ball. But it's just the the adjustments, and then the line isn't really doing the greatest right now either. So we're having a similar situation with uh, the battle of the offensive lines. I guess who's going to play better on Sunday? Really? And you guys going to just skip over that whole quarterback thing with Cousins? <laughs> I mean, nobody seems to say anything about it, but I, I, I don't see Cousin being the, the catalyst of marching the team down the field. I mean, he needs those weapons around him, and the running back is great. You got a new young receiver from my alma mater, LSU, uh, <laughs> that's gonna, that can step up and do some things for him. Got a great tight end. Thielen, he has some weapons to get the ball to. And if Deshaun had those three weapons, we'd be talking a different, a whole different thing now. All right. Well, I'm going to stay tuned to you, uh, for you listeners out there because I'm going to press Henry in about 10, 15 minutes on Kirk Cousins. I'm going to put him on the spot as to what is inadequate about him. So we'll get to that. Um, back on, on Fred's point about the offense sputtering, I, there are, Bryant and I have talked about this at length. There are a couple things that are happening. Um, first of all, on Je- Justin Jefferson, they didn't want to throw him into the fire for some reason for the first two weeks. So B.C. Johnson was the second wide receiver, and he's been MIA. 
they finally figured that out, as Bryant just said, and so we're hopeful that the offense figured it out. But aside from that, the time of possession up until last week was woeful. Um, in two games, they possessed the ball for 40 minutes, which is one-third of the time, and no football team is winning football uh, games when you don't have the ball. Um, so they they don't hang on. Or first, the defense couldn't get off the field in the first two games, um, and then they would abandon the run when things weren't going peachy, and Vikings football under Zimmer is running the ball to set up the pass. Uh, and then Cousins, um, who it sounds like Henry really likes, uh, had tunnel vision for Thielen because they had put the muzzle on Jefferson for a couple weeks. So um, it did blossom a bit against uh, the uh, Titans last week, uh, so we're hopeful it will get better. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention on the Texans is they are the only team in the NFL to not force a turnover yet. So that's... Cool. That's probably one of the reasons that 0-3 has happened. And then, whichever one of these teams uh, falls to 0-4, there's only one time in NFL history that a team has rebounded to make the playoffs, and that was the 1992 San Diego Chargers with Marion Butts, uh, Leslie O'Neill, Junior Seau, and Stan Humphreys. They actually uh, went to the playoffs, won a game, and then they lost the following week in the divisional playoffs. So there is a precedent for it, but it's only one time. Uh, so whoever's 0-4 has got a long road ahead of them. All right. So, Henry, this is a little bit more global speak. Uh, tell us about, I guess, as a whole, your career with the Vikings, because there's going to be a lot of Vikings listeners uh, listening to this who know you, and they'd probably like to hear a little bit about your Vikings career. Um, well, I spent... Eight years with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I was a total of 14 years in in the in, uh, NFL. Um, starting 14 years in the NFL. Uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> um, I played under two uh, head coaches there, under uh, Jerry Burns and uh, Dennis Green. Um, had a great defense coordinator in Floyd Peters, and then right after him, um, uh, Tony Dungy. And we put up some incredible defenses and one thing about the Vikings that I don't see when I look at it is this that when you think of the defense the the Minnesota Vikings you think of a, the defensive line and they're still trying to find their way with all the new pieces that they have oh that is absolutely correct um that was another thing that I hoped could be piecemealed together and that was a lot of wishful thinking um, so we sent uh, Linval, or we let Linval Joseph walk, um, rumble to the Chargers, and then we were supposed to replace him with Michael Pierce, who was with the Ravens, but he, uh, due to the coronavirus concerns on uh, asthma, I believe, yeah. he isn't playing this year. So we had to shift our three technique, Shamar Steven, over to nose tackle, and the coaching staff is very high on him, and I think he's did a, done a decent job. Uh, I mean, according to PFF and whatnot, but we don't have that, you know gigantic um, run-stopping force in the middle like that. So Derrick Henry, of course, just gashed us in the second half of that game, and that is why the Titans won the game. So I'm completely with you there. Right. I mean, they're they're planning on having that space eater, the guy that's going to take up two or three blockers. But when you put a smaller guy, three technique, even though, you know, I played as a small technique my entire – nose tackle my entire career – but in today's football, you you expect them or what they're expecting is to have that guy that's going to take up two or three blockers and give your linebackers that opportunity to, to flow to the ball. But 
in this defense, what I'm seeing is that they're able to single block most of the guys up front, especially in the middle, and get those holes that are just gashing them. Yeah, yeah, I am 100% with you. Bryant, do you have anything to add on that? No, I don't. I'm sorry. No, no, that's all right. No, I, I thought maybe you I thought maybe you want to chime in. All right, so that um, is kind of the beginning part of the 0-3 and, you know, what has gone wrong. So I want to pivot more to Deshaun Watson's before we, we get on to Cousins. Uh, so for my money, there is a tier of quarterbacks um, with Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and I argue that Lamar Jackson needs a little more time. Um, to be there, but he was MVP last year, so I have to put him in there. And then I think there's this standalone category for Deshaun Watson because he. I wish I. I don't feel the same amount of fear um, watching games with him. I mean, he doesn't play the Vikings very often uh, that I do with Patrick Mahomes. So in that number four best quarterback in the league is where I would have Watson. And then on any given week, that next tier after that would be Rogers or Roethlisberger if he's hot or uh, Dak Prescott. Um, so as gentlemen in Houston that, you know, live down in it, how good is Watson, at least on a comparative scale to other quarterbacks? Well, it, it's hard to compare. I mean, the things that are good for the Viking, I mean, for the Texans, is because of Deshaun Watson, especially offensively. I mean, he had a great weapon in uh, um, D-Hop when he had a somebody that he knew was going to be going to get the separation and fight for the ball. He had a great outlet in there. Now he's finding it today where he's using a lot of the tight ends, the passes. I mean, he can't go downfield as much as he wanted. He would like to. He has the talent, but you can't put him in that upper tier because, he, one, he's not winning. Two, he's not putting up the numbers because he's running for his life <laughs> constantly back there yeah. and doing Houdini things to get out of bad situations. And still, when he gets out, before when he broke away or broke tackles or, or, or escaped the pocket, uh, Hopkins were there to find an open spot, to sit down, to give him a target. When he's back there scrambling for his life, it, to me it looks like the rest of the receivers are just kind of looking and saying, man, I hope he doesn't get hurt, uh, <laughs> instead of finding that open spot and, and, and becoming a target for him. Yeah. Um, what if you put Russell Wilson on the Texans? He's going to be over back there bitching about getting some weapons. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I need somebody to throw to. I need somebody to run his ball. I can't do this all day. You okay. know? And he's in the, in the situation where with Deshaun Watson, he escapes and looks to throw the ball, but most of the time there's nothing there, and he has to take what's given to him. With Russell, when he escapes, all of his receivers know Find an open spot. Get to where he can. When he sees you, he has the arm shit, same as Watson, to deliver the ball mm -hmm. in uh, under duress, on the move, across their body. They have that ability, but you need the weapons to, to help you out. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, what about you, Fred? Where do you put Watson? Uh, man, Deshaun. I, listen, I think Deshaun's a top – four or five quarterback. I don't think there's any question about it. I think the problem with Deshaun Watson is like we're seeing the problem we're seeing with this younger generation of quarterbacks, this new, this new uh, group is 
just how pivotal good coaching is. Um, you know, say what you want about Tom Brady. I mean, he's had some very good coaches along the way. And yes, one of them was uh, Bill O'Brien. But by the time he had Bill O'Brien, I mean, he was Tom fucking Brady at that point. Like <laughs> Bill O'Brien wasn't teaching anything to Bill o or to, to Tom Brady, for God's sakes. Um, I'm just not convinced that Deshaun Watson is getting the kind of coaching that he deserves. I think you look at a guy like a Matt Stafford. All right. I mean, he's basically Matt Stafford right now. Okay. Well, then it's uh, as far as his career goes, because I, I just, it's just one of those. What's that? Uh, I uh, cut you off. Um, keep, keep going. Oh, no, no. I just, I, you, he's not, I, I don't feel like he's gotten any better uh, from where he was his second year to where he's at right now in year four. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's it. And it's not a slight on him. I mean, he still makes amazing plays. He's still a dynamic player, but I just feel like because he's under duress and because I don't feel, I mean, you took away DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> okay. And you replaced him with Randall Cobb and Brandon cooks. Like Madden wouldn't even let that trade go through. I, I mean, <laughs> Well, in Brandon Cook's defense, usually he is a productive wide receiver. Maybe he'll maybe he'll get going here, but the story I don't know. He's what he's an oddity. Every offseason I'm like, Oh, he's going to the Patriots. Oh, he's going to the Rams. For some reason he keeps getting booted around. Thomas. Brian McKinney and Henry Thomas. If you yeah. see a dude coming on your team who's been on four teams in five years, what's the first thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely thinking like why is he getting passed around so much and he must not be making too much of an impact where he was at because then they would want to resign him and keep him. And look exactly. who he's, played with. he's played with Brady. He's played with Breeze. Uh, he played with that one that year that golf was good for a year. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm taking too much of a fantasy football approach to my thought process. <laughs> yeah, bench him. You got him. Bench him. Yeah, I. I and <laughs> it, it, if we want to go down that route, we can we could talk all night. Uh, but yeah, he's on most waiver wires right now for fantasy football because. If Better start Justin Jefferson because I made that mistake. Not I had him on my bench last week. Ooh, I was pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that uh, that breakout parter I tweeted was a miniature. It had a moss feel to it. So the Vikings have gotten lucky in twenty years to land dynamic offensive rookies, and obviously Moss and Peterson. And the verdict is you know way out on Jefferson. We we won't know what he fully becomes for a long time. But that the feel of that game was like, holy crap, it's happening again. And I've watched every single game since, uh, wow, my goodness, for 25 years. And that had a junior feel of what it felt like when Adrian and uh, Randy broke out. Wouldn't you agree, Bryant? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, was, I was happy to see it. And just with these breakout games, it's still not being a win. was kind of just a tough thing for us to watch, though. Yeah. Well, well, here's the deal. I'm not sure that uh, Fred and Henry know this, but it was the first time in NFL history that a player rushed for over 175 yards and a receiver caught for over 175 yards ever, regardless of win or loss, ever. Uh, that, that That's happened, and lo and behold, they lost by a point. So it's, it's flabbergasting that we put up offense like that and couldn't uh, put the clamps on the Titans in the second half. All right, so we know how we feel about Watson. It feels like a consensus of about probably fourth best in the league. Um, I'm going to start with you, Bryant, on Kirk Cousins because I think uh, Henry's going to lay into him. Um, we talked about it on our uh, personal episode that you have in about 11th or 15th um, you know, sliding yeah. scale. Uh, you want get, to get into that a little bit more? Well, I'll definitely place him around between 11 and 15. Um I feel like he's in the middle of the pack, but uh, 
I feel like he is a little better than I think everybody's giving him credit for. It's just he has to find the consistency to kind of go out here week in and week out and, and start, like, delivering for everybody. And, uh, you know, a lot of that's falling on him. Like they did mention, he has, like, two receivers now who are picking things up. You do have the running back who picked up things last week. But now we, have, we need offensive linemen to give him some time as well yeah. so he can kind of execute. But we just need some consistency out of him. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm of the opinion that he he dragged those Washington football teams to mediocre records. Uh, and I like Kirk Cousins. I don't love Kirk Cousins, but I think he's a, you know, probably about number, depending on the week, 8, 9, 10, 11 best quarterback in the league. And that's because he consistently puts up the numbers. Uh, but my only grievance with him, and <laughs> this is a good segue to you, Henry, is that Cousins' bad games are bad. When a guy like Watson or Mahomes or Brady have a bad game, it's mediocre. And they're just not the guy they usually are. But when Cousins is off, and um, for some godforsaken reason that's been against the Packers um, recently, he's not good at all. Um, so, Henry and Fred, what are your takes on Kirk Cousins? Uh, 11 is generous. Okay. Well, that was very generous. I like that 15 number. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm slipping down there even. For, I mean, I, it's it's like you said, he has zero consistency, and he has, I never see him has the catalyst or the driving force behind the offense. He's just He just seems like a tool out there, and everybody else is the, the catalyst. The running back's the catalyst. The guy who's catching the ball, Thielen, uh, Diggs when he was there, um, uh, your tight end. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, but he's not – a. He, and I, I'm not saying I need to see a rah-rah quarterback, but I need to see a quarterback that's going to come in and take command of that offense. He does not do that, and he lets me down every time I get my hopes up for my Vikings. Okay, well – then I'm gonna come back at you, and you're you're gonna tell. I'm sure you're gonna tell me that any any dog can have one good game. When he came back, or excuse me, when he propelled the Vikings to the overtime victory over the Saints, did you think that was a mirage? The what? Did you over think the over the Saints in the playoffs in the overtime? Do you think that was just a lucky string of events, or you mean the catch that? Um... Uh, Diggs made to, for the touchdown. No, that was Case Keenum last year. Oh, in, okay, okay. Last year in, in that one. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he delivered the bomb in overtime to Thielen, and then okay. the jump ball to Rudolph, and they walked off the Saints in New Orleans. So, um, is it your opinion that that was just uh, you know he was just he had a good okay, day that day? I'll give him that game, but he's been there how many years? Oh well, he's been a starter since 2015, and he's been with the Vikings. This is his. Uh, uh, excuse me, third season with the Vikings. And you're giving me one game. Oh, I'm giving. Well, I can give you a bunch of games. I'm giving game. you one playoff game. You gave me one playoff game. I just don't. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't see it was him. I, 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 and you know, the guy was over me. I had to throw the ball. He's not the guy that's driving the offense. He's not taking command of it. And I'm, I'm not a fan. Never has been. <laughs> Even in Washington, was not a fan. But okay. There are people that are, and I just don't think he he's the guy that everyone else thinks he is. Well, at least not what the contract say is. Yeah, it is a big contract. All right, Fred, what about you on Kirk Cousins? Uh three words. Three words. Uh oh. Ring wearer. 
Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a big pet peeve with the uh, HD show with Bitter Mike. Say and Brian, I want to ask you this: In all your years of playing professional football, how many dudes did you see wearing their wedding ring on the football field? I don't recall people. I don't really recall too many. <laughs> Why on God's green earth is Kirk Cousins wearing that damn wedding ring out when he's playing football? Nobody cares that you're married, and I just I you can't win with the dude. I'll tell you what: If you look at the guys that wear wedding rings, Derek Carr, for instance. Um, <laughs> Uh, who's else? Uh, the dude, uh, he wasn't Cincy. Now he's in um, Dalton. Yeah. Who am I talking about? The, from Cincinnati? Yeah. Now he's with Dallas. Yeah, Andy Dalton. Andy yeah, Dalton. Dalton. I say Tim Dalton. <laughs> 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 they all listen. Andy Dalton, uh, uh, Derek Carr, and um, your boy all wear wedding rings. They're all the same quarterback. They'll put up good numbers every now and again, but when you really need them to play well, guess what? That you you can't not count on them. Right. Players, I'm telling you, if you want a, a Super Bowl quarterback, and I'll tell you what, me and Henry have talked about this, and we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll premiere it on your podcast. <laughs> my greatest fear, my greatest fear, is that Pat Mahomes becomes a wedding ring wearer after he gets married. But I'm I, I think because of his dad. <laughs> uh, I think of his daddy won't but time will tell all right so the knock on cousins the, it, i've heard a lot of them and i have not heard the wedding ring one so i'm going to test Brad. that test that theory and i'm looking at my own wedding ring right now thinking damn this is wow i didn't think this is that, that big of a deal well you're not playing football <laughs> no i played high i played high school basketball for eden prairie oh. high school in minnesota Eden Prairie. I love Eden Prairie. Yeah. All right. Right. I lived in Apple Valley when I was. Oh. When I was there. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. We locked horns with them a couple of times. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Believe it or not, we are towards the end of the show already. So what I want to do is get predictions, and I'm going to start um, with Fred. Um, this weekend at noon Central Time, Vikings Texans. Texans. Who do you got? Uh, give me 34-30, Texans. All right. Henry? Uh, that's a lot of points, but there are two garbage defenses that <laughs> are trying to find their way. So I'm, I'm going to go 27-21. Vikings pull it out in the last. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's... That's good. That gives me some pause. Uh, Bryant, yesterday, are you sticking to what you predicted uh, last night? I am. All right, so Bryant uh, last night took the Texans in a low-scoring affair. He flipped the script on us all, and 17-14, I believe. Was that right, big man? Yeah, that's right. All right, and I have picked the Vikings for three weeks thinking this was going to be the week, and I feel like, I, I feel like I'm putting on the clown makeup every single time. So I made a commitment to Bryant that – I am not going to pick them until they show me they can win. So, therefore, I am picking um, the Texans 27-24 over the Vikings. And then uh, Bryant and I have another sad show to do next week. <laughs> right. All right, gentlemen, uh, any uh, any closing thoughts you guys want to offer? No, I think it's, I'm hoping for a good game. And uh, everybody comes out healthy. I'm glad to see the COVID did not affect the the Vikings after playing the the Titans, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping for something uh, special. 
All right, I'm with you. What about you, Fred? Any any closing thoughts? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us on. It's been a lot of fun. It's uh, always different to be on uh, this side because uh, Henry and I, we've been doing our show for, man, what, off and on for about five years now. So right. uh, it's fun to do that. And then, of course, uh, hell, we had Brian on. What, when we had, we had uh, what, Super Bowl, Super, right before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, before we had him on, um, what was it? I don't remember what sport. Anyway, it's Bleacher Report. <laughs> no, it wasn't yes. no, it SB Nation. <laughs> SB Nation. It was yeah. SB Nation, yes. SB okay. Nation. Anyway, uh, but no, it's funny to be on this side. And uh, HD Show, check it out. You'll be glad you did. All right, right on. All right, Bryant, we will talk to you next week. And uh, that's all we got for tonight. We appreciate you gentlemen hopping on. And I'll tell my Vikings listeners out there, per usual, Skull Vikings. Go Texans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.